0: this
1: is the relevant podcast it's tuesday november 23rd 2021 and it's the relevant podcast here in orlando i'm your host cameron strang and joining me from loverland virginia it's jesse carey hello hello from Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. What up, dope! And from East Texas, Relevance Associate <laughs> Editor, downtown Emily Brown, sitting in once again for Jamie Ayu. Hey, Emily. Hey, y'all. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, pastor, author John Tyson joins us. Have you noticed the, the mix between the Fridays and Tuesday shows? We try to have, like on the Friday, we have more of a culture guest like an artist, an actor, like on Friday we have Vanessa Hudgens and on the Tuesday show we try to have a little bit more substance. We have John Tyson, his new book coming out. Uh, and because the Tuesday show we have slices which are stupid and a game which is dumb, so we try to have the guest bring actual content. You see the strategy here?
2: So John nah, Tyson just coming feel up. you feel no guilty idea. for putting them secular sinners on on Fridays. Ooh, what do you say People. Vanessa, Vanessa Hudgens? <laughs> you just judged her heart. She loves the Lord. I, yes, I judged her. I judged her because that's what Christians do.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what this thing is all
2: about. Anger and judgment. Ain't this What it's about is for looking at somebody on the outside and, and, and proselytize them and telling them that... You know what's best for them, even though you I just
3: met them? I no him? part of
0: this conversation.
3: Could, could you? Yeah, but real talk. Could you imagine telling someone who just had no idea about Christian theology at all? And it's like, you get one week and all you have is access to Twitter. I want you to come back and tell us Gosh. what your idea of the gospel is. <laughs> it would no. probably, you know, I, I think it would be a sad social experiment based on <sighs> you know, some of the just made
1: oh, me artificial intelligence. Yeah, oh, yeah. Artificial an intelligence. Bot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have an AI bot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Create a sermon New- based on Christian Twitter. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Yuck. I get Dyson right. real
0: quick.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, thankfully, John Tyson's not like that. He's yeah. a wonderful example of how Christian leaders should be. Uh, also, we have a game at the end of the show. It's a Thanksgiving themed game. It's Thanksgiving week right now. We're very thankful for you guys, the listeners. And so we want to have a game. It's called Too Many Cooks. A lot of people are mm. prepping and cooking mm. and getting ready for Thanksgiving. Uh, before we go to slices, I want to remind y'all, this is a big week for us. Uh, the last week and a half, we released, we um, finally put it for sale, the re- relevant annual print edition. It's live. It's for sale. You can pre-order right now and save 20%. It'll ship next month. Uh, It is unbelievable. We have been blown away by the response and how many orders have been coming in. Very excited about that. You can find it at relevantstore.com. Also, there is a podcast merch section at the store. Bunch of stupid stuff. Bunch of podcast gear. you got your shirts, your magnets, mugs, all that kind of stuff. But we also might have put our faces on pillows and other <laughs> dumb stuff that we found uh and so if you have a weird sense of humor or you like the show go check out relevantstore.com there's a whole podcast section over there
3: you know there was a big partnership with mike lindell uh big pillow campaign this year uh, <laughs> we
1: figured there's christian pillows out there we need to have an, an alternative to the relevant podcast let's pillows take,
3: let's take the pillow business back to the right <laughs> side <laughs>
1: so anyway go check it out relevantstore.com
3: okay well stay tuned right now I'm next
1: it's slices
0: we can watch the clock take it while the time stop Talking about the kids who stole the world She said we
3: can watch the clock stop Taking while the time stop Talking about the kids who stole the world And they were
1: singing up. And they were singing up. You listen to New West, the song is Kids Who Stole the World Well, today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Humans aren't meant to keep everything inside. We are meant to talk about our mental health and what's going on inside our heads. And that's why therapy helps. Now, what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you need it to be. If you're looking for some tools to help motivate you more, or or you need help managing your stress, whatever you need, don't be ashamed to take steps that help you feel better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, or live chat sessions with a therapist. It's more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. See if it's for you, because you are your greatest asset. And right now, Relevant Podcast listeners can get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Relevant. That's BetterHelp, H-E-O-P, dot com slash Relevant.
3: Okay. It's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? Um, I read, you know, there was a lot of talk in the last few weeks about um, Facebook's move to launch a metaverse. And there was this long, you know, kind of we talked about it on the podcast a few weeks mm-hmm. ago, kind of goofy video of Mark Zuckerberg kind of showing the capabilities of what he will think will be the future of the way people interact with each other digitally, which is essentially through virtual reality glasses that put you in kind of a digital environment. And a lot of the applications that he was initially showing off honestly weren't that exciting they just seem like sort of enhanced zoom meetings. But since the, since the kind of launch of the metaverse, at least the campaign to promote the, the coming metaverse from Facebook and it's, you know, parent company now meta uh, it's, it started a lot of discussion about what it could actually look like in years time. And uh, I've been reading some different takes from technologists, especially after we were kind of goofing on it because the video really is kind of silly or, you know, kind of the early iterations of this product. Um, but there's a lot of technologists yeah. who have some interesting theories, particularly one that went viral this week that I wanted to discuss um, from a, a, a kind of a tech insider. He's an investor in a lot of early technologies, the early investor in Bitcoin and things like that. His name's Sean Puri. And he posted on Twitter um, basically why he thinks everyone is wrong about the metaverse in a three-part sort of thread. Now, I'm just going to break those down really quickly and get your guys a stake. But the first party says that everyone is wrong when they think of the metaverse as a virtual place. They said, you know, a lot of us think about it uh, like... You know the movie Ready Player One, or what what Zuckerberg showed in the meeting, which is you kind of put on this helmet and you're in a virtual meeting room. But he proposed, what if it's not a place? And that that is uh, part two of his theory. What if it's not a place, but the metaverse will actually be thought of as a time? And what he means by that is for a long time, people have cons- been concerned about what's been uh, called the singularity. It's uh, often thought to where artificial intelligence either becomes smarter than human intelligence or becomes indistinguishable from human intelligence intelligence mm-hmm. or you know, sort of our relationship with digital technology merges into a singular experience. You know, I can't remember years ago, we were writing about uh, like 3D printing and, um, you know, sort of these different things that would merge biology and technology and some of the cool medical implications of it, but also some of the ethical concerns that it brought up. And we were kind of thinking this the about the singularity like that. But he says, mm-hmm. what if the metaverse is actually what basically a version of the singularity? It is the t- time when our digital life and this is part 3 uh when our digital life becomes more important than our physical life and that uh, you know it's kind of trending in this way where you know he he showed some numbers where how much more percentage of time people spend these days um you know, uh, for example, 10 to 20 year olds, uh, there, our attention used to be 99% on our physical environment. When TVs came out, uh, social scientists said it dropped to 25 uh, to 85%. When computer, when computers came commonplace. place, uh, Uh, that attention was 70%. When phones came out, only 50% of our attention is Mm -hmm. dedicated to the physical environment. After Mm -hmm. we hit that 50% point, we're actually giving more of our attention to a digital environment than an actual one. Now, with the coming of the metaverse, which is trying to take all of our attention in sort of this merged experience, you know, this technologist believes this could actually be kind of the singularity that people are concerned about and Mm. that the things that we own in our physical lives the way that we appear he basically like for example here here's some examples he gave about how those could look like For for work, from factories to laptops, bedrooms to Zooms, Uh, friends, from neighbors to followers. You know, where do you find like-minded people? It's now often on Reddit or Twitter, more than your your church even. More kids Mm -hmm. play Fortnite than basketball and football combined. You know, he Mm -hmm. says that even our identity, filters are the new makeup. So with the coming metaverse, if it tips the scale from 50%, to more than we are actually living in a world where most of our thought attention and how we interact with people is happening digitally instead of a physical life. And this could be kind of the coming singularity. It just looks a lot different than we kind of thought it would for a long time, like the Terminator movies. Or and something.
1: he did talk about how wearables and different things could bring the metaverse into our physical world. Yeah. Like, you know, some glasses mm-hmm. that would alter what we see in our physical spaces and different things like that, where it becomes, it's not like we have to look down at our phones anymore. It's just our phone and our digital life is melded with our physical life. And that's interesting to me. And I think what he, when he said like filters are the new makeup and like, it really is that our values have shifted our time and our focus has shifted. You know, people, you know, I, I get it. I get, I get what he's saying. And I, and I can't disagree with that's how the world is trending and, and rapidly, you know? So It's yeah. why NFTs are going for more than, you know, cl- works of art that are timeless, you know, yeah. physical yeah. works of art.
2: Yeah. now nah, it makes sense to me because I-, I thought about it when you were saying kids play Fortnite more than they play basketball or football outside. But then when you think about it, how many people are gifted enough at basketball? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, it's like, I'm a pretty good. Bas- oh yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm a pretty good basketball player, but man, if you put me on 2k, I mean, I'm dunking, I'm catching stuff off the backboard, I'm shooting threes from half court, like, because it's all based on, you know, muscle memory and and your mind, so it makes a lot of sense why that, because, you know, there's very few LeBron James um, that can actually play, so it seems like people put a lot of attention And with
1: esports, I mean, there's actually, like, Mm -hmm. careers for kids coming up
2: now in digital gaming. That's Absolutely.
1: It's interesting. Yeah,
3: but but I think, the, the, you know, with the wearables and, you know, I mean, it, it, especially I think the way that technology will soon take a, you know, will merge with what for many people, not all people, obviously, but for many people is their primary sense of perception is through their eyes. And, you know, we've already had this for mm-hmm. a while with ears. you know, how often are you walking down the street right now and people are visually in one world, but in their ears or in another, listening to a podcast mm. or music or something. But now that it's going to our eyes and can kind of have this merge experience, like with AR glasses, where it will sort of be kind of like minority report, where even just kind of retail settings or different things, you know, you I could, me and Cameron could be talking, to, you know, there, there is a coming... Scenario where if you're wearing AR glasses, you have social advantages of people who aren't. You could be looking at somebody and, and you know, you could see conceivably where I could see what that person's name is, what their profession is, you know, like all this information mm. is already out there, but the way it's going to merge with our physical existence is interesting. And I think concerning in some ways, but I think there could be also a lot mm-hmm. of opportunity for people to have better relationships with people.
1: A lot of opportunity, but but also there's the, uh, we all saw the Pixar movie WALL-E and that's a yeah. version of the human f- existence in the future as well, where we don't have to have exercise because we can just do it virtually. We don't have to, it's about just consuming and, relaxing and then everything being in the virtual. I mean, so there's two ways it could go.
2: Yeah. True. But at the same time, like when you think about the success of uh, Peloton, right? Like, I mean, I think people are virtually like we're spending a lot more time virtually, but I mean, gym memberships are up, you know, people are having Pelotons and things at the, at their home. So I, I don't know. You're right, it was yeah. just because we're not out
1: as, and active as much anymore, so we've got to do it at home and be more disciplined about it. I, I hear you.
2: I hear you. Yeah. yeah, I got, I got, a I got a home girl that like she is like Peloton gang. She and she loves the fact that her trainer is right there with her, and they, you know, she schedules, gets in at ten o'clock or whatever, and and he's right there. So I don't know. It's, it's very interesting world we're headed to. We got, we universe. got one.
3: I, I don't love it because i see all these people that are way better at me they have a scoreboard on there they've they've, they've mm-hmm. gamified a workout to the point where it's like i just feel bad about myself that right. there's a lot of people who are way better at this than me at least if i'm on a bike ride by myself I might as well be the fastest guy out there because I'm just alone on a bike, you know. Like this, I'm get, I'm getting judged by people all over the world, just like I'm judging everyone behind me.
2: That's
1: the metaverse, man. Welcome, yeah. global shame, global shame. You you are terrible compared to the entire world, which yeah, is compared the to
3: me in my life. Everyone, yeah. Black Mirror, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Black Mirror.
1: All right. all right, what do you got, Emily? You did not contribute very much to that.
0: Uh, the metaverse is just that one goes over my head I've read so much about it <laughs> what it just I don't like I've seen WALL-E i have seen Wally. I just don't get it I don't get it I'm sure eventually I will but it all it, yeah it's we're inevitable. not going to talk about it that is, we're going to talk about
1: just let yeah. it happen yeah.
0: yeah I guess well we're going to talk about something that I think is personally very important um, Taylor Swift it,
1: had a 10 minute song on SNL
0: am I allowed to talk about that <laughs> <laughs>
3: It, it, did will keep going.
1: Going. it did keep going. <laughs> I was like, it uh, wait, if fading from time, where's the faded? wrap up Emmy music yeah. or Oscars I've listened, music?
0: I've listened to that song so many times now, it does not feel like 10 minutes anymore. Poor, it just poor
1: feels, Jake Gyllenhaal. 10 years nope. ago, he had a bad breakup. And now she's airing in their laundry. Poor, I don't feel bad. How terrifying do. would it be to ever date Taylor Swift? FYI. Just oh yeah, think yeah. about that. She
0: has, okay, there are songs about her exes that are not bad. Mm-hmm. So just don't treat people bad. That's well, really only one, of side. Well, that's
2: one <laughs> side of the story. What if the person can't sing? What is just like a, uh, a construction <laughs> well, he worker? And he didn't really treat her that. He didn't really something. treat her that bad or something. You know what yeah, exactly.
1: Like, She's got the pulpit, and then he has to just take it, and everybody says you're a horrible guy just because he didn't
3: fight back publicly. <sighs> to Emily's mm-hmm. point, to Emily's point, she's not out there. I mean, she could be dating construction workers. I don't know, but all we do know is the she's the an that, actor. The, the the men that seem to be the subject of these have pretty big platforms themselves. So I think if Jake Gyllenhaal wanted to set the record straight, he 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 could. You know, I don't I don't have too much. it. True. For true. Him, he know? can
0: go into the metaverse and set this record straight, and he has not. So. <laughs> Yeah.
3: I just want all of yeah. her famous
1: exes to band together, like literally in a band, put out an album telling their sides <laughs> of the story, go on SNL for ten minutes.
0: Let me produce it. Some of them have. She's dated musicians. They've written songs about her.
1: Interesting. All right. Anyway, what what do you have for slices?
0: Um, I, unfortunately, not about Taylor Swift. Um, so I, let me just say, Gen Z gets a lot of, um. Flack for destroying all these different industries and stuff. Um, I see the, I see the memes all the time. I think they're funny, but, um, one thing that we're not destroying is that they're bringing back wired headphones. And I am thrilled about this personally no. because hmm. I hate AirPods because I have weird shaped ears and I have <laughs> AirPods, but they always fall out and it is very frustrating and I lose to, them all the time. To, to the
1: podcast listeners who have not seen you, you are a normally shaped and looking person. You don't have Thank like you. weird Dumbo ears or something that like, have, like, like, I don't want people to be going like she's misshapen and has...
0: Uh, no. Yeah. Have- <laughs> my ears are normal, but yes. they're not, but AirPods are made for specific people with specific ears. And I'm not one of them. And it is Got very it. frustrating. Got it. So I'm what excited. about Air that AirPods wi- Pro
1: with the little spongy thing that adapts to your size as opposed to AirPods? Well, I have shells. not tried
0: those, but I don't think I would like them. I
3: have I like the like over the head ones because it <laughs> uh-huh. just covers my whole Me head. Me too.
1: I'm Can, a big over the head. Uh, Can
3: I be honest, though? Yeah. I mean, I, I, Emily, I'm right with you. You preach it down with wireless <laughs> headphones. I think, too, I've spent so much of my life on, you know, podcasts and and especially, you know, over Zoom and stuff. Whenever I jump on with someone, whether it's an interview or a conversation and they're wearing AirPods, in my mm-hmm. mind, it's always the same thing. Oh, boy, here we go. Because it's about a 10-minute yeah. thing while... Oh, sorry, you're in my phone. Oh, sorry, this one's not working. You know, it's like a 10-minute f- thing. Every time someone has AirPods in, I, I, I challenge you, get on a Zoom with someone with AirPods yeah. in your life no. and find right. out how long the startup time is. And then they'd randomly stop. Lo- I think the thing is, I'm very angry because I've lost a total of five AirPods in my life. That's not a great number <laughs> of AirPods to lose. And, you know, I okay, just have first one walking
1: me. buy it with an Amex and they have theft and lost replacement as part of just purchasing Ooh. it with that credit card. Buy it with your Amex. Okay, oh. and well two, I don't have an Amex. And two, you can go to Apple Support, and if you like lost one, you can just buy the one you lost. You, like they'll repla- You can buy them for you know way lower price. So just. FYI. But why do
0: I have to buy them when I could just have two that are always connected are. and I know That's they true. are? You're right.
1: Yeah. You know, you're right. So um, so the news that you're bringing is Gen Z is adopting wired wired
0: headphones. Yes, because they went out of style. Because AirPods or well, yes. really wireless headphones were like the cool thing, and it was more right. of a status thing. And if you right. had wired headphones, it was like a joke, like "Oh, you're not as cool." Right. And now they're cool again. Praise God, my prayers have been answered because I don't have to feel shame anymore for wearing my wired headphones for my I, weird
1: don't ears. Don't feel shame
3: in general. Just like just say, I like wireless. Live headphones. your life. Yeah.
1: Better fidelity too. They don't compress the, yeah. the audio. I want
3: to bring. I want to bring back the bl- the one ear Bluetooth, the one with the actual big blinking blue light. Oh, that, that you can like tap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and, and like
1: you're in a movie theater, and the <laughs> old guy in the front row has it still on, and it's just flashing blue. It's like a police them.
3: siren up in the front row. Come on, bro.
0: Who's making a call from? Everything will come back eventually, so those will have their moment again. Oh they're coming sure
2: back. No, those are not coming back.
1: <laughs> that guy not. wears his phone on a belt clip. You know what I'm saying? Like it's right there. He's like a holster. And then yeah. he's got his Bluetooth. Yeah. 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 I'm
3: trying to watch yeah. a new wow. Wes Anderson movie. It looks like a, a fireworks show up front because someone's getting Bluetooth <laughs> text.
2: All right, what you got, Derek? All right, guys. Well, since we're on the subject of technology and human advancement my man jeff bezos predicts that people will one day be born in space and visit earth the way you visit like yellowstone national park so on vacation again so, wally that's what wally they're just floating around on a big
1: old ship up there
2: yeah i'm going i'm just going to read this and i got this off an of insider i'm going to read this and it's just like this is terrifying but uh he says Over centuries, people may will be born in space. It will be their first home, Jeff Bezos says. They will be born on these colonies. Live on these colonies. Then they'll visit Earth the way you would visit, you know, Yellowstone National Park. Guys, I may be old fashioned, and that's you know, but that sounds miserable. Like living on a dirt colony on Mars or something of the sort. I don't and know. Early, early days of early days of
1: like Epcot, they'd show like like the future space, like floating worlds, and like they were a big, huge cylinder, and it was just like in t- indoors, and it like it had gravity, and it had trees and forests, and there's a whole ecosystem floating out in space. I can get down with that; that'd be fun. Right. I cannot because I, I want, support I'm,
0: space babies. I think that'd be fun.
1: You know who else oh supports space babies? Is Jeff Bezos's girlfriend with Leonardo DiCaprio. Ooh! All right. Whoa! <laughs> all right,
3: Taylor Swift's got a banger coming about the whole situation. <laughs> She's laying it all out. About fifteen I can't minutes. Wait. About fifteen <laughs> minutes. She's already booked up half the tonight show. <laughs> no, hey, real talk. Real talk on a future scenario. Okay, I know we. I know we got a game coming, but I think there. Let's say there's two because we. Because Derek, you're talking about a future of humanity that lives a physical reality, but in a different place than Earth. You know, the other story we talked about is living a different uh, digital reality but on the same place earth what do you guys think is a more likely scenario for the future of humanity that technology will take us to far off places and we will leave kind of our natural environment of earth and and have space colonies and space babies or whatever or do you think it's more likely that we'll figure out a way to just make the physical experience almost more like the matrix where it's just kind of the isolation of of your mind or 99% of your life is lived in a digital environment and your physical one doesn't really matter
1: i think that's a it's a apples and oranges i think it's a both and i think i think both mm-hmm. will happen and the metaverse slash the virtual life will link them both that the people living here, or living there, or living down here or over there are all going to have the same virtual life experience, essentially. You so know? we can so, like, talk
0: to, I can talk to someone on Mars? Yeah, why not? Ugh, why not? I would love that. It'd be great. How is it? It's hot, hot today. Just hot.
1: Ah, it's <laughs> lovely down here in the I'm Arctic, good. you know, I'm it's a, good. Ball, it's a Jesus, lovely Jesus, 83 degrees get your boy, down
2: here in the South Pole, 83 Jesus. Come get your boy! <laughs> I
0: want to watch from the sidelines. <laughs> no, I want to go in space. I've always said I want to go in space. I will. Emily,
1: you are part of the wrong religion. Then you should become a Mormon because the Mormon theology is that when you die, you go get your own little planet to rule, and uh-huh. then you've got to populate it, and you can live on whatever planet you want. You own it. Go for it. Also, I black am good. people are
2: fallen angels.
1: But... I know. <laughs> hey, they re- <laughs> supposedly they recanted that theology about ten years ago, but oh, I don't believe oh. it. No, little too oh, late for to that a yeah. Too yeah, late, how
0: long
2: ago
1: <laughs> <laughs> <You're> for real <laughs>
2: three <Eight> years ago <laughs> last year like, yeah. like oh uh. wait maybe black people aren't cursed for eternity i don't know maybe, maybe. <laughs> they saw the southern baptist and was like Man, we got to get ahead of this guys <laughs> 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 don't
0: let uh, us
1: in with those baptists <laughs> oh don't remember that heaven's
0: gate cult where people believed that like they would be. The co- they would die Haynes and like comic. be reincarnated by yeah. aliens. I, yeah, that's an interesting concept. You were too young for that. Oh, oh that happened before I was born. But I just I like sure culture very crime. interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or something. Um. Yeah. But that's my favorite cult because that is a crazy thought. And it's your favorite cult. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. That's you don't have a favorite cult. No, don't have a favorite cult.
1: Yeah, I don't have a favorite
2: cult. Yeah. Well, I, well, you want to know what mine is? Mine is the one of the people that think JFK Jr. is coming back. So <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I, I, I literally love those people. Hey, like all
1: I know is I love Jamie Ivy lives a couple hours from Dallas and she's not here today. They're still gathering. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> hey, saying. I'm, do we know where she is? I don't know. I don't you guys, know. Make, you you guys connect
0: her. the dots on that one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, John Tyson joins us. It's
0: coming.
3: World
1: War's in your mind Long day, the night, the hardest cut We live for the night Here it comes now, here it comes now Here is the hardest cut You're listening to Spoon, the song is The Hardest Cut Well, today's podcast is also brought to you by the LUMO Project. LUMO is a visual Bible project that will help you see the Bible in a brand new way. Have you ever wondered if the Gospels talk about the big questions we face in life today? Things like fear or depression, worry. Well, they're all in there. With LUMO, you can experience Jesus' teachings and story in a completely new light. Check out LUMO's free scripture videos on the LUMO Project channel on YouTube. Head over to YouTube, search for the LUMO Project, L-U-M-O. They are awesome. And for other free resources, including small group studies, and more videos, head over to thelumoproject.com. Well, our guest today is John Tyson. John is a pastor and church planner in New York City. Uh, Originally from Adelaide, Australia, he moved to the U.S. over two decades ago with a passion to seek and cultivate renewal in the Western church. He's the author of multiple books, including his latest, The Intentional Father, A Practical Guide to Raise Sons of Courage and Character. We spoke with John about the message in his book and why this message is important for this time. Here's our conversation with John Tyson.
4: So let's start off by talking uh, about the intentional father and uh, I'm wondering if I'm, I don't always ask this, but in this case, I I am very interested in what the origin story is uh, for a book like this. Like, why did you, at what point did you decide I do want to write a book for dads and why?
5: Well there's probably three reasons for that. Uh the first one is personal. Uh I got married pretty young, had uh we got pregnant the first year we were married uh, with our son Nathan and I was faced with this giant um gap between the kind of dad I wanted to be and the kind of dad I felt like I had the skills to be. True. And so it was basically love for my son and a sense of personal desperation to come up with something to help raise him. I was a youth pastor at the time and I was working with a lot of young people and I realized I was basically sitting with kid after kid talking about father wounds. Mm -hmm. And I was like, is there any way to get up upstream on this. So I started reading a ton of books and most of the books were written by wounded men. And it was all sort of like consolation of pain. And I was like, why isn't there like 50 books on how to just help a kid navigate adolescence into adulthood in particular? So I did a bunch of research and thought I'm going to have to do something for my son. So it was first of all it was personal secondly um you know i've pastored in new york city for 16 years the vast majority of our church is in their 20s and so much of my pastoring and working with men uh, even women in many ways is connected to them having wounds from their fathers and so i was like You know, And I want to off the bat say, the book's not called The Perfect Father. The book is called The Intentional Father. And there's a huge difference. So I'm not making the claim to be the world's best dad or anything like that. But I certainly had a vision and feel like I was very intentional in how I raised uh, both my kids, but particularly my son, which is what the book addresses. So I wanted to do something about it. And then one last thing would be culturally... You know, we live in a time of history where men have used their power in such harmful ways. And I feel like everybody's sort of like raging against the patriarchy. And I was like, where's the plan to form better men? Yeah. Like where, where is that? Where's that conversation? How's it happening in a healthy space and what's somebody doing about it? So I felt like in some sense, you know, culturally I wanted to contribute to that larger conversation and hopefully, you know, create better men for the future. <laughs>
4: Because I feel like <laughs> there, there's obviously so many deep cultural divides, and and uh, the a very uh, there's almost almost every issue in this country, at least, and probably in most countries, is very polarizing. But one thing that most people can agree on here is that masculinity is in pretty bad shape. We might disagree about why yes. and what the exact issue is, and and what the yeah. fix should be, but the broad consensus is. Uh as the internet I put it, men are not okay and uh, yeah. do you have, I know there we could talk about this all day, but as you were researching some of this, did and particularly father wounds, did you come across any sort
5: of diagnosis like what happened? Where did things start to go awry? Well, I mean, yeah, there, uh, there's so there's so much that I could be said about that. Um, I'll, I'll try and get it to a very succinct sort of response. All societies in general, have recognized the complexity of our particularly male adolescent energy and strengths. And that if those forces, which can be very, very overwhelming for young men, are not channeled and directed properly, they create complete and utter havoc. There would be years of basically character, skill, and information developed in them. Then they were sent on what is called the ordeal. And this is where a young man was tested to see if he had actually internalized all of these lessons. If he passed the ordeal, which depended on if you're an Australian Aboriginal young man, six months in uh, the outback, uh, for Inuit tribes uh, in Greenland, it was hunting and killing a seal line all of these things and the the whole goal is basically say can you contribute in a healthy way have you learned and then they were recognized by men and then finally they were blessed and integrated back into society so almost all societies have had that a conscious process path of formation we've got rid of it and so now most people are those energies are never tamed or directed for the good of others As time goes by and they accumulate both influence, money, and power, you basically have adolescent energies in men with tremendous amounts of power wreaking terrible havoc. So researchers at NYU University realized that They try to figure out when did helicopter parenting begin in our society? When did we really lose valuing initiation? And they said it was the year 1990. And depression rates in one generation after parents started hovering instead of like consciously raising and releasing adolescents, depression rates rose by 80% in one generation as a result of removing that pathway and basically coddling young people. So, you know, I'm trying to basically make the case for the normalization of a conscious pathway of male formation for the good of society and for the good of young men. And so, you know, whether we'll get there or not through a simple book, I don't know. But I think there's so much damage and so much opportunity. It's certainly a noble effort, you know.
4: things that you're talking about here uh, you know i like the idea of having uh, some sort of uh, process but I- i'm not going to go kill seals in nashville tennessee or or be set out to you know bring home a tiger pelt what sort of things could that look like what is the modernization to look like or can it look like in a modern
5: context well what i <clears throat> what i encourage my son to do i think a great thing is a gap year. You know, go see other parts of the world. Like my vision for my son, I wanted to irreparably break his heart for the global poor so he would never be an entitled American college student. Mm. I wanted him to be haunted by AIDS orphans in Africa. You know, I wanted him to to feel that. And, uh, yeah, so my son did a gap year. Uh, He went to four countries on his gap year. And he's, he's struggled in the best possible way ever since. Like he's come back mm-hmm. and he's like, he doesn't just want to party and hang around with other college kids. He's like, dad, they're not serious about their lives. Mm. Like it's 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 happened to him. So I think gap gap years like that, if you can't do a gap year, uh, I think that the same thing can happen through summer jobs, like consciously chosen summer jobs. Uh, not, you know, not just, you know, working at a hamburger place or whatever, but consciously chosen experiences where that sort of stuff is brought out of you and developed and you're definitely tested beyond your capacity. I just spent- um three days at a dude ranch in Colorado on a retreat, leading a pastor's retreat. And all the people that work there are young men and women. And I asked them all the same thing because I'm thinking about my daughter working there uh, if she wants to. And they all said, oh, what you learn here about life, about a work ethic, about breaking your selfishness, about caring about others has been priceless. None of them mentioned the money. So I think you have to consciously choose environments that demand those kinds of formative experiences from you. So it's intentionality. Gap years, well chosen experiences. I think that stuff is possible. Hmm.
4: You know, as we're talking about this, it it occurs to me that so much of the of the damage that uh, that is often inflicted by men and by what we call, for back of a better term, toxic masculinity, has often intersected yes. with the church, or or even been used by church leaders, church authorities, and people have a difficult time separating church abuse from their father abuse. Many people have a hard time identifying with God as a father because of the abuse they endured. Where, where do you think that is coming from? And is there, is there a fix for that as well that you could propose that is maybe tied to the books
5: message? I would say one of the tendencies that we have, a society is changing a lot. And so whenever people experience change and they feel a loss of power. Most people perceive that as a threat. And so as a result, mm-hmm. they have to sort of like rally their divinity on their side and they have to villainize and demonize other people. So I think a lot of that has happened because you've got a generation experiencing, you know, particularly our parents and boomers, tremendous cultural change. A lot of them feel uncomfortable with it. You know, we so we need to read the gospels and let Jesus continually interrogate and confront our discipleship. It's we're perpetually making Jesus in our image and God in our image. And I think it's important that we stay in the scriptures and let them shape us. But my goal here, to be very, very clear, I'm not trying to perpetuate. I believe there are sort of universal traits. And I think that, you know, sociological research has borne out there are, there are fundamental differences between men and women. We have a lot more in common than we do apart, that those differences are significant and they do have implications. Um, so, I think there definitely are differences, but I'm not interested in perpetuating cultural stereotypes. My goal is how do you help men become more like Jesus? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the end goal. Mm-hmm. We've been predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. Paul says, I'm in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. So my project, more than anything, is not a masculine recovery project as much as it is a forming men into the image of Jesus through the way of Jesus project. And to me, when the emphasis is on Jesus, who could both weep and get angry, who can preach to a crowd but care for a woman on her own you know like when when you've got somebody with that sort of like agility to respond and love and discern what's happening we're going to be in a lot better place so men like jesus is the vision
1: that was john tyson you can actually read more of our interview with him over at relevantmagazine.com. All right, stay tuned. It's our game, Too Many Cooks.
3: Too Many Cooks.
1: You're listening to Mo, the one with the O with the line through it. She's now i album coming out. The song is Brad Pitt. I wonder if it's a Taylor Swift esque song telling Aaron D- Dirty Garbage about Brad Pitt. P- oh, that's interesting.
3: It's going to take quite mm. quite a, quite a long mm. running time for that too.
1: It's a 27 minute song oh, on the next SNL. A lot of some rapping, Mo. some singing. It's a
3: whole thing, guys. It is a whole thing. It's a dance. Get ready. It's great.
1: Yeah. Okay, it's time for Tyler's new game. Too many cooks.
5: Too many cooks. Too many
4: cooks. All right, take it away. Am I hosting?
5: You are hosting the game.
1: I'm the scorekeeper. I'm the scorekeeper. You're hosting the game.
4: Inmates, welcome to your madhouse. Inmates. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right, this game is called Too Many Cooks thanksgiving is a time for americans to let their inner chef fly but given the prevalence of takeout and meal prep services like blue apron many of us are a little out of practice me, when it comes green to chef, elaborate green chef sorry. sponsor green of, chef, of course of course our uh, most people you know the plebeians would use blue apron but not not our listeners they would not no, do. they wouldn't go never, that far never Fortunately, we've got the internet to guide us through the process of turkey, mashed potatoes, and pumpkin pie. But -hmm. internet recipes, like all internet things, feature a comment section, and that comment section remains the Wild West in which any self-proclaimed chef from any kitchen in America can weigh in with their own feedback on popular recipes. In this game, you will each be given a real comment... From the comment section of a popular food network recipe for a common Thanksgiving dish. So no weird Using stuff. The, this is a common American no, Thanksgiving. The, the, dish. You know all of these, yeah. All yeah, right. and these are multiple choice. So you so you're you're going to be on safe ground here. Using the context clues in the comment, you must guess which Thanksgiving recipe the comment is about. You will get a point for every correct answer, and the winner will be the sous chef for this year's Thanksgiving feast. Got it. Does that make sense to everybody? Yes. Get ready to lose. All right. All right. Okay. We are going to start. We're going to start with the first person who's next to me on my screen. Emily, you're up first. Okay. Do the rules make sense to you? Don't sound too excited, Emily. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they make sense. I spent all night trolling the comment sections of Food Network for this, so you better be excited about it.
0: It I'm so thrilled. (laughs)
4: It's a lot of work. It was a lot of work. Okay. Number one. Uh, and I will also give you the star rating that they gave the dish. It was, it was five out of five Ooh. possible stars, so that may help you as well. Okay, this person said... This is Paula Deen's recipe to a T, except one less egg. She gets booted off Food Network, then they repackage her recipe and call up their own. Nice. Sad face. The five stars are for Paula. She still has this recipe on her website. Five out of five stars. Okay. Was that for sweet potato casserole, mashed potatoes, green bean casserole, or stuffing? Well, Paula
0: Deen's known for her butter, so it's definitely something that has a bunch of butter in it, um, mm-hmm. but I can't imagine what would also have an egg. I don't think mashed potatoes have an egg in it, at least not the way most people make it, um, so I'm going to say it's not that. What was the third option?
4: Green bean casserole. Uh, Sweet potatoes, mashed potatoes, green beans, or stuffing. I'm a little concerned egg was ever a part of any of these meals. <laughs> That's got, what I'm saying. Countdown I'll go, has begun. I'll go with green bean casserole. I'm sorry. The answer was a sweet potato casserole. You got Damn. incorrect. Who puts incorrect. in that? Derek, you're up next. Holla at your boy. The, fir- the f- comment is, first time ever making them, we didn't know what kneading was. Probably killed it. But kids ate the hard clumps because they said the flavor was good. Four mm-hmm. out of five stars. Mm-hmm. Was that macaroni and cheese? Dinner rolls, potato salad, or stuffing?
2: I see the answer in front of me. This is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> run it back. It's not dinner rolls, because that's too... It's go Run First it back time. First time ever making them,
4: we didn't know what kneading. K-N-E-A-D-I-G. We didn't know what kneading was. Probably killed it. But kids ate the hard clumps because they said the flavor was good. Four out of five stars. Can,
3: can I just say, anytime? A comment says, kids ate the hard clumps because they said the flavor was good. <laughs> it's a big red flag for me. Yeah mm-hmm. major right. red It's a parenting thing. Dinner it. it's rolls. I think we need to get the IP address of this. Dinner
2: rolls, too close. All right. What else? You said, what's Mac the Mac and cheese, dinner rolls, potato salad, or stuffing? Mac and cheese, potato salad, dinner rolls, and stuffing. Uh huh. Right. And the kids ate the hard clumps. We're going to go stuffing. Dinner rolls. Oh,
4: I'm sorry, It was dinner yours. rolls. Dinner rolls. <laughs> dinner rolls. <laughs> it was, they didn't know oh, how to knead the bread. They didn't know how to
2: knead the, bread. the
1: bread. They raisin rolls so they I was like he's raisin rolls. I was so. like,
2: he's trying <laughs> like to trick me because
3: this is too obvious. Can I be honest? Dinner rolls. dinner rolls. I kind of want to try it. I kind of want to try it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, it, I, it. I like, just out of curiosity, like how bad could it be? Yeah. It's like a big weird cracker. The
4: hard clumps that taste good. I got the recipes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Jesse, it's your turn. All right. Here's the comment. I made this over the weekend as fall is approaching. I'm embarrassed to say I have never made one before and I wanted to start out easy. I read through the reviews first and so many people complained about it. I didn't want to risk it, this being my first time at all. So I looked up Bobby Flay's recipe and I (laughs) used it instead. However, I did add about a teaspoon of ginger. What a hit it was. It was delicious. Five out of five stars.
1: Wait. So this person is commenting <laughs> under a Food Network recipe, saying this looked I hard. So I recipe. got a different
3: recipe, and it was great. Five stars. Well, not oh, only that, not only that, they yeah. put some rogue ginger in there.
4: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Here's your edition, so was that was that At four? Least it wasn't raisin. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet potato casserole, pumpkin pie, turkey or stuffing.
3: Well. I feel like the only thing I, is acceptable for the injection of just random ginger, I feel like, is the pumpkin pie. That is
4: correct, Jesse. You're on the board. Good job. You got it right. That's what I thought. <laughs> don't use the recipe that that was actually on, but I will see if I can find Bobby Flay's recipe, which is <laughs> <Exactly>. apparently, <laughs> it's apparently very so good. Random. It's so random. It's so random. I don't know random. about this recipe, but I'm going to comment about another experience
2: I had. It It's is
3: five pretty, stars. It's pretty yeah.
2: random for sure. <laughs>
3: I didn't read this. That's like going into a boutique, asking the person to style you and be like, oh, yeah. this is sweet. I'll go order it on Amazon. It's like, whatever, jerk, why'd you waste the time going into the boutique?
4: <laughs> yeah. All right, Emily, you're up. Okay. Emily, the comment is I'm very happy I searched for a recipe instead of getting a box. Just add however much salt you want. Four out of five stars. Is that stuffing? Mashed potatoes. Gravy or green bean casserole? I'm trying to think what would come in a box. I want to
0: say gravy because that just feels kind of random. So I'll go with that.
4: I'm sorry. The answer is mashed potatoes. Mm. Mashed potatoes. Just get the box just and add salt. that how
2: much salt you want to put in there? You got to go with number 11 right now. All
4: right. All right. This one's for you, Derek. <laughs> Oh god. Yeah. This one is, I was saving this one for last, but this one is this is a good this was quite a fight. All right, here it is. The comment is great recipe, dot dot dot. But perhaps we shouldn't taste for seasoning after all caps. Perhaps we shouldn't taste for seasoning after we add chicken stock. But then again, I'm self-employed, so I have to buy my own health insurance. Four out of five stars. <laughs>
2: Man, what
3: what about? What is
2: this? This is nothing. This is nothing. Uh, is this person a review applying for a the review of the recipe is
4: dependent upon whether or not they have their own health insurance. Somehow that leads uh, to four out of that. They dinged the recipe for the fact that they they don't have employer provided health insurance. So <laughs> every comment
2: section is just ridiculous. It's not yeah. just yeah. relevant. No, it's just your news. Twitter. It's yeah. not just yeah. mine. Yeah. It's every comment section on everything. Okay. This is Food
4: Network. Is that for stuffing, green bean casserole, mashed potatoes, or the turkey? Can you repeat this dumb comment it's one like, more time so like, yeah, I can yeah, sure, remember sure. Great recipe, dot, dot, dot. But perhaps we shouldn't taste for seasoning after we add chicken stock. But then again, I'm self-employed, so I have to buy my own health insurance. <laughs> Four out of five stars. And you said it's stuffing, turkey,
2: green bean casserole, or uh, mashed
4: potatoes. Stuffing, or mashed green bean casserole, mashed potatoes, or turkey. We're going on stuffing. You put chicken stock and stuffing. That is correct. There you go. Yeah. Derek, Got you're it. on the board. Got one, right one, one right now. One, one, and zero. One, one, zero. Yeah. How much? How are we doing on time? Last one. Yep. Yeah. Last one. Okay. Last one, real quick. This is a change. All right, Jesse, this one's for you. Okay. This is the comment. This period was period amazing. Period. I have never heard anyone comment on this until this Thanksgiving. I didn't follow the recipe, but I'm sure that would be delicious too. Saving this and offering to make Thanksgiving dinner from here on out.
3: Five out of five stars. Five out of five stars. I didn't I follow humor. the recipe, off, but I'm sure... I'm a big I fan humor. of whoever this is. You know? Like, they just... I just wanted, they read the the recipe on Food Network for just, like, a loose general idea. You know? And I'm just yeah. gonna... I'm gonna memorize
1: it. They saw the idea of the food item on here and then just made up their own recipe, and it was awesome. I like yeah. to think that they read
3: this recipe, forgot about it, and then we're at the grocery store, just tried to remember it, and just like, oh, I think this involved but, I, but then again, I don't know the status of this person's health insurance, so it's really, I don't know, I don't know. Did they disclose? Tyler, did they disclose their premium or anything? Is there anything <laughs> that I can go nothing off about of?
4: insurance. <laughs> nothing. dental. Do I don't know they have dental? Allstate, I don't know what I don't know Blue I Blue do I have no eyes, idea.
3: Eyes? Okay, alright. Well, I don't know what I'm supposed to know. do here with that limited information. <laughs> but
4: (laughs) (laughs) it says this was amazing I have never heard anyone comment on this until this Thanksgiving I didn't follow the recipe but I'm sure that would be delicious too saving this and offering to make Thanksgiving dinner from here on out five out of five stars was that gravy turkey pumpkin pie or sweet potatoes hey
3: listen if I were to wing any of those heck yeah pumpkin pie let's do it let's run that back
4: (laughs) I'm sorry the answer was gravy they, they, they just winged gravy. Winged gravy. People totally they they it 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 commented that's, on that's a dangerous wing. wing right there. That's hey, a yeah, dangerous wing. Can
3: I be completely honest with you? If you were to say name five ingredients of gravy, and I don't know that I can name one. I have no idea what gravy is. I know it just yeah, like shows up. it's like a brown up. liquid. Yeah. That's the salt. <laughs> it's the
1: stuff at the bottom of the turkey pans. The drippings. Yeah, yeah. Turkey
4: drippings.
0: I think it's more than that, but.
1: Too many all right before we wrap it up i want to thank john tyson for joining us today you can get his new book the intentional father now it's out now also make sure to head over to the uh to relevantstore.com to check out our great new merch the print edition shirts podcast mugs Got a ton of stuff over there. Head, head over to Relevant Store, the all new RelevantStore.com. Also, make sure to head over to the site, RelevantMagazine.com to check out our latest digital issue, which features conversations with faith leaders like Erwin McManus, Jackie Hill Perry, Philip Yancey. That one was awesome. And a lot more. You don't want to miss it. And it's presented for free and ad-free by our friends at UHSM. Also, while you're there, uh, right there on the front page of Relevant, you can sign up for our daily newsletter uh, to keep up with all the great new content we're putting out on the site. Well, not all. It's our top five most popular trending articles each day delivered to your inbox. Sign up on the front page at RelevantMagazine.com. Okay, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron String. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Emily Brown. I'm Derek Miner. We will see you on Friday. Have a great Thanksgiving, everyone.